Greetings and welcome to the Pure Report. I'm your host, Rob Ludeman. It is time to bring the orange yet again. One uh, great guest here today, Mr. Jack Hogan, VP of Technology Strategy. How are you, Jack? Doing well, Rob. Hey, it's great to be on the show. I know it's been, uh, it's been a while since I've been here and we've been trying to get on this. I'm super excited to finally uh, you know, have my premiere on your show. I'm thrilled, A, to have you on because you are so well-spoken and such a fount of knowledge about what Pure is doing and particularly in the cloud space. But also we get to talk about some exciting news and that's always a great reason to have a podcast, right? We've got some great news coming up. Yeah, some big announcements, some big announcements. This will be a fun conversation for sure. I'm looking forward to it. Very cool. And I hope everybody out there you enjoy as well. Well, why don't you do a brief intro about when you came to Pure and I love, love, love your background. Um, you know, every once in a while we get somebody that uses the product at another company and they love it so much that they decide to come work for us. And you are one of those that fits the bill there as a former customer that saw the light. How did that come about? Well, and so I guess I'd say that my relationship with Pure uh, goes back eight years. Um, I actually uh, bought my first uh, flash array. It was a flash array 420, happened to be the first one ever sold on the West Coast. Um, and it completely transformed the business that I was the uh, founder and chief technology of uh, a company by the name of LifeScript. We were in, uh, we were a, a SaaS business. We were heavy into the data space. We massive scale email we were sending in the, the range of a, a billion plus emails a month. Uh, we were servicing a couple hundred thousand uh, page views and uh, you know in the tens of millions of, of users on a monthly basis. Um, so it was a, was a pure customer really for five years, got to experience the evergreen model, got to understand what it was like to never have to deal with uh, uh, you know, forklift upgrades. I uh, got to experience the um, the migration from an FA uh, 420 up to a up to M's and then ultimately MR2s. And mm -hmm. then uh, about four and a half years ago, I started working very closely with the uh, senior leadership of Pure and uh, was a customer advisor for about a year. And then it just became natural. Um, I you know believe that what we're doing here is truly transforming the way that world the world is uh, accessing and capable of doing things with data. And so uh, ultimately signed on as a full-time pure employee uh, in the December of uh, I guess it was 2000, uh, 2017. Uh, and I haven't looked back. Uh, you know, as you mentioned, my my role here has been uh, that of our cloud strategy. Uh, so I, I worked for the first couple of years uh, in our uh, with our go-to-market organization. I worked very, I worked still very closely with our customers. Being a former customer, I feel I've got a, a good level of understanding of the business challenges and and making sure that Pure remains that that phenomenal technology partner with our customers. Um, and so my role has really been to be that customer advocate, working on where the market's going and how to help our customers uh, recognize where Pure is becoming a really big part of their journey to the cloud. And we'll cover some of that, I think, as we get into the announcement we'll talk about in a bit. Yeah, it's going to be a good theme for, uh, for a lot of what we're going to talk about. Let me, let me go back eight years. I'm just curious, because that was a really early time in Pure's history, right? And so you're running a company and you're making decisions how did you get around the newness of Pure and, and deal with the risk? I mean, what were the things that you saw that stood out that made you want to move forward and go, you know what, this makes a lot of sense. I know this is this is a kind of a, an upstart and, and, you know, startup, but this is the right thing for my business. Like, what were those things that stood out at that time? 
Yeah, you know, it's a great question. So, you know, I was customer 60, um, you know, so we were very early on and, and clearly Pure was, uh, was a startup at that point. Um, but, you know, I, I came and I met with Cause, I met with the, the founding team and really recognized that Pure had a completely different view of storage. Uh, you know, the, the storage world had been so just, uh, it's, it was so challenging to, to you know, recognize this kind of three to six year timeframe. I always called it the year six problem when, yeah. you know, your arrays would come up for refresh and then, you know, maintenance costs went, out, you know, went through the roof. And so, you know, recognize that Pure had already addressed that with the, you know, the, you know, extracting really the storage management layer. Um, I had experienced um, some uh, flash array or some flash storage uh, in, in a, from, a, from another vendor. And so I knew the power of, of flash, but a company that decided to completely architect to um, an economical form of flash, when, you know, at the time it was, uh, I think, the, uh, you know, the original uh, MLC uh, memory, um, you know, the, very forward thinking. And everyone I met at Pure, uh, you know, in that time frame and that kind of evaluation time frame, really understood that what what Pure was trying to do was not just create a new array and a new a new um, you know fast model of how you consume storage. It was really about completely changing access to data, and so um, you know, recognize that. You know, I'll say that I did take some. Uh, internal selling, uh, you know, to our, um, to my leadership team at the, in my former company. Um, but, you know, what we experienced was really that, that customer experience that Pure brings. Um, you know, I'll, I'll tell you, I, I, I've said this, uh, this story to a few people, um, but I'll, I'll mention it here is in the early stages, um, you know, as, as we were running even production by this point, and I had just completed my POC phase and we were moving into production, we actually experienced an outage. And normally I wouldn't talk about an outage with a vendor that I was uh, you know, so uh, passionate about. But in this case, and this is really what cemented me with Pure, it wasn't that there was an outage. Every company has challenges. Yeah. Yeah. It was how Pure reacted to it. It was how Pure totally owned it. Um, they took complete ownership of that challenge. And frankly, the experience of like, that you know, it was a full array outage we lost zero data and we were back up and running inside of, inside of 15 minutes. And so that experience and how Pure dealt with it was really something that made me realize that we should be looking at them for our entire data, data environment. And so that actually led us to our second array purchase, oddly, uh, you know, where, where an outage might lead you to that. But it was because of the way that the, the architecture of the environment and the, the platform was set up and ultimately how the company reacted in, in owning any of the challenges. And then, you know, really what is now Pier One in our meta environment, recognize that Pier was thinking about solving the customer's problems in advance. As a matter of fact, they, at the time, uh, you know, Pier was very early on, but we were still doing phone home data. Mm -hmm. And they identified the problem with literally within minutes and had really pre-identified it from another customer who had experienced a, a similar challenge. Again, this is way back in, you know, the, the way back machine. But the fact that they could identify down to the root level of the code and had a patch for me inside of, you know, that day to fix that underlying issue, it was just mind blowing. Um, I, you know, bought technology and had, you know, you know, you know nine, eight, nine figure, you know, you know, storage or storage and technology budgets. And in the end of the day, you know, this was a completely different experience. And so, you know, I would say that that experience was probably the most um, impactful for me to make the decision 
Um, our company completely recognized that that you know that Pure was very different, and we ended up uh, within the next year completely moving our entire environment onto Pure's platform, and we reduced our data center footprint by sixty percent. Um, and so we ultimately paid for those arrays, uh, you know, with the reduction in operating environment, which is a story, you know, I talked to, you know, many, many customers. We see that all the time now um, that, you know, the, 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 the environmentals and all the ancillary things that it takes to run storage, you know, you've got to calculate that into the base, you know, the base of how you look at storage. Yeah, I mean, those are almost table stakes now too, is just the, you know, the power cooling and data center space. And that's a little bit about what we talked about here very, very soon, but I love to make the distinction about the experience because I feel like I go back to hardware shows or, or even just big box shows from, from 10 years ago. And let's face it, there was Flash, you know, there are plenty of little upstarts and startups that were doing things with Flash. It was like these little companies in garages and everybody was trying to squeeze the most IOPS out and just, you know, Flash, Flash, Flash. And we, we're 10% faster than these other guys and that's fine. And, and Pure went that direction, but there was this knowledge that it was about more than that. It was not just about driving, you know, aggregate IOPS and, and just driving sheer performance. It was really that experience that you mentioned uh, and the, the good times, but also when there's challenges and things that, that you bump into. Um, I'm curious, you, you mentioned it, it's a SaaS company. I know the first couple of years you were here, you, you spent a lot of time looking after companies and maybe SaaS companies don't consider themselves that, that name or, or moniker, right, of SaaS, but they have to deliver a service. They have to deliver a software platform, you know, virtually that is always on. Why, why is Pure, in your view, optimal for that type of environment? What, what do those guys care about? Yeah, well, so you, you hit it right on the head, you know, with the way you described that. I mean, you know, a lot of SaaS companies don't even self-identify there. You know, it's really more about that continuously connected, always-on environment. And so, you know, the company that I was at, we would actually measure downtime in the tens of thousands of dollars per minute. Um, so downtime is just the absolute killer. So, you know, Pure's model with evergreen and non-disruptive upgrades and really that, you know, six, seven nines of availability, uh, you know, is really the, the key aspect of uptime uh, and maintaining that, uh, you know, that business continuity. Um, and, you know, we never had an outage since that first element. And, and we could completely, uh, you know, rely on, uh, you know, Pure's uptime and, and the capabilities. So you know, that full enterprise grade, always on environment, and then when you come to refresh periods and the ability to automatically you know, move, whether it's a software upgrade or a physical hardware upgrade to keep running uh, those environments all the time. I mean, that's what, that's what you know, really any enterprise now is starting to recognize right. that the right. data platforms that they have in their internal systems are the lifeblood of their company. And if those go down, even for minutes, it can really uh, create uh, ripple effects and challenges within companies. So, uh, it's, I think it's really that core element of what pure is baked into pure from its you know, very existence, you know, you know, the full, you know, dual controller, uh, you know, non-disruptive capabilities. And then, you know, of course the other elements is that's gotta be economical and the economics mm -hmm. of pure come out in the business value of having that centralized data platform. Um, you know, we, not only did we take uh, pure and, and, you know, simplify the operating environment, it's really that time to revenue of what you can make you, what you can do with your data, like putting your data to use. And so we created plenty of new revenue streams. Um, 
best example that I can give and plenty of others, you know, um, you know SaaS and, and uh, other type of service providers can appreciate probably this story of when you can improve the overall delivery times of a data flow and you can move that from, you know, something that may take, in our case, in my, my old company was, you know, an 18 hour process that we got to run inside of an hour. And we yeah. recognize now all of a sudden we can be delivering um, data information on demand. That's another major thing that SaaS companies are looking to innovate from the data they have or their you know, CICD pipelines to drive new innovation in their platform and being able to continuously re release new software. Um, and then of course, you know, the overall operational environment that uh, you know, Pure creates. I mean, all flash, reducing your data center, footprint, the environmental costs, the operational costs, the physical, you know, people and planning of, you know, I, I remember days of, you know, other three letter storage companies that, you know, would be weeks of spreadsheet planning before you could even think about, you know, deploying a new line, uh, you know, you know Pure's platform made it so simple. And so it reduced the operational overhead, not just from the environmentals, but also the people planning and, you know, where my teams were focused. We went from having, uh, you know, a, a team of storage administrators to by the time, uh, you know, Pure was fully deployed, we didn't have a single person who had storage in their title. They were all, they all became, uh, you know, capable of managing the environment because it was so simple. And I think that's another key element that, you know, our SaaS and our SaaS and service provider companies um, really start to benefit from. And I've seen that as I've been here now at Pure and working with those companies. That benefit is is a huge one because the operations team can now focus on revenue driving uh, you know, efforts rather than cost containment efforts. And then you know, those are very different conversations with your board when you're talking about how IT can actually drive revenue for your business uh, while maintaining very, very low operating overhead. Yeah, transforming IT from a cost center to a revenue generating machine is certainly certainly something that's aspirational, but that we've we've helped many enterprises go off and and, and actually kind of realize. Um, as you talk, and I know you're 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 super uh, busy all the time, you know, chatting with prospects and existing customers, and particularly looking ahead at what's to come. What are the what are the prevailing trends? What are the things that you see? I mean, we we hear a lot about as a service, and you've just been talking about service delivery and service providers, and this almost this kind of notion that a lot of enterprises want to get out of the IT business. I mean, that was almost what you were insinuating right there was, yeah, we have staff, but they're focused on, you know, taking the data and, you know, we're going to do analysis of it, right? As opposed to just figuring out how to get it to the right place. Um, what are some of the key trends that you're seeing right now? I'm kind of putting you on the spot, but I, I know you talk about these things all the time with, with, uh, with different clients. Yeah, no, I, listen, that's a great question because I think that, you know, if we look at what's happening, especially in the, in the service provider space, but if I look even more broadly into the enterprise IT space, companies I think are recognizing that everything as a service is the model in the future. Mm. Um, you know, the, and it's, that's not just a consumption model where it's not just about oper, you know, you know, turning something into an OPEX cost from a, from a CAPEX cost. It's actually really right-sizing your environments and consuming only what you need when you need it. Um, and so we're seeing a big trend in that consumption-based you know, approach, but it's more to create operational efficiency. The other thing we're seeing is that IT moving out of being kind of the wrench turners and the guys that are in the data centers. That's, yeah. a, you know, that's a trend that I think that you know, COVID really put a strong spotlight on of 
you know, what's it take to keep your environments up and running and, you know, available 24 seven at the physical layer that like bare metal layer. And so, you know, I, what we're seeing, especially in the service provider space is this movement towards really the cloud can, you know, the cloud operating model of, of how that operating model allows you to spin up on-demand infrastructure, you know, through portals rather than, you know, people placing procurement orders and, you know, getting the arrays shipped to a dock and then having to go in and physically turn the wrench to stand those up. You know, that ability to be outside of the data center, but to have that same full control, um, you know, listen, the clouds, you know, the, the major public clouds um, have touted the benefits of that from a flexibility standpoint for a long time. Uh, you know, but the reality is, is that, you know, most companies can't completely refactor their environments to get to that cloud, that cloud operating model, you know, right away. As a matter of fact, you know, the clouds really are only running about 8% of the world's um, enterprise workloads right now. So what happens with the other 92%? Well, the trend we're seeing there is this consumption of infrastructure at a, at a completely different level than they're getting out of a cloud and to allow that to be consumed on demand, but have the full control and have the, um, have the interconnectivity to whatever cloud services you need, but allow that at the same level of, um, you know, whether it's for regulatory reasons or other types of security reasons, have that physical control of the environment but stay out of the data center. And so, you know, Colos and data center providers have been, been big winners in COVID, uh, you know, in the impact of what COVID's kind of highlighted, you know, hey, we can't, we need to operate lights out. You know, PureDid has done some great things there in terms of, you know, zero touch provisioning and the ability to stand things up. But, you know, who physically manages that environment? That's a big trend we're seeing. And, you know, I think a big part of what we're talking, you know, we're gonna talk about here is some of the announcements that Pure's got going. Yeah, you teed that up really well. And it is kind of interesting. I'll just add in to what you were just, you know, highlighting is a lot of the, the, the challenges with cloud adoption end up not necessarily being functional things. But when I read about it, it's, it's usually a cultural setback. Like culture, culture is frequently highlighted or listed in surveys as like the number one reason for how and why enterprises can't get more things to cloud. So now you have this you know, this sort of hosted option. And that's, you know, the, the, the meat of what we're going to talk about that we're finally getting to right now. We've had people waiting on the hook, but they know they know we were going to get there because it was in the title, of course. But let's let's go to, you know, the big news is, you know, we, we have announced Bare Metal as a service, um, partnering with Equinix, which uh, is, is a fantastic partner, fantastic opportunity. They have great Great market presence with what they've, they've what they've done, um, you know, great reputation. Um, but the big news, what are, what are the highlights of this for you? And you've been working on this for a while, so congrats to you and the, uh, the the rest of the crew for getting this out. By the way, yeah. Well, listen, bare metal as a service is you know bare metal and bare metal MSPs have been around for a long time. Um, but what is the emerging trend? The real emerging trend, and again, kind of COVID highlighted a lot of this, but the trend was on its way there. Yeah. is that ability to actually stand up the full stack. So everything from the ping power and pipe that you know from a, you know, a traditional colo provider like Equinix, but Equinix got into the digital infrastructure services game um, you know, through an acquisition uh, of, a, of a company that now provides the compute and internetworking uh, connect, you know, connectivity into 356,000 global interconnects and they were looking for a partner 
to bring a storage as a service. And you know, Pure is, is that partner as an embedded partner within their Equinix Metal platform, bringing that to an environment where Equinix handles the physical environment. These are on-demand, available through you know, portals to be able to be spun up and accessed as you need them. And then as Pure as a Service is the component powering the back end of this, as you need to add additional capacity, Pure is there as that partner uh, working with Equinix to deliver that full storage uh, cloud experience and allow that on a global basis. And recognize Equinix is you know, one of the largest global data center providers, um, over 220 data centers globally. Being able to take this sort of offering and put that all the way to the edge um, you know, with global announcement from their side is, you know, I think we're looking at 18 global availability zones right now, but there's, you know, an additional couple hundred to go as the global demand starts to show that this is a service that, uh, you know, that, that enterprises, service providers, you know, SaaS providers are, are looking for. And so, you know, what's, what's really, you know, exciting for Pure is this is now taking Pure as a service up to that next level. It's now delivering the full experience that you would expect from somebody to peer as a leader uh, and, and being a first to market with many, you know, with many, many things in, in what we've done in our history, now becoming embedded with the world's global data center leader in Equinix, um, embedded into their metal platform and allowing this cloud alternative, but not just the cloud alternative, it's also the, really the aggregator. You know, Equinix has great interconnectivity with Equinix Fabric into the, you know, into the public clouds and to use their services for what they're good for, um, but allow you to maintain that control of your data and allow that data to really be that, that center of, of where you're focusing your assets and, and, and growing your business from, you know, but having that in that controlled, secure, uh, you know, single tenanted environment. I think that's a big difference between what you get out of a public cloud and what Equinix is providing is, that single tenancy, high security, full control of your own environment. You're not worried about noisy neighbors. You're not worried about shared, you know, shared environments. You know, this is all enterprise scale uh, hardware that sits that sits behind the service and is all fully turned over for root level administrative access. And so, it's really a different experience than than what you get out of any sort of whether it's an infrastructure as a service or platform as a service. This gives IT professionals that that space that. They've really been looking for, and I'll tell you, this was the type of service that when I was, when I was CTO and and on the customer side, this is what we what I was looking for out of yeah. the clouds, and never were able to get there. So I had to come here and help uh, help get this uh, get this partnership launched, and really the overall bare metal as a service offerings in uh, Equinox being the first as we scale this into um, really a global great partnership. Yeah, it's super exciting. It is interesting. You kind of mentioned IaaS, and and, and I even I could go into platform as a service, you know, as, as something that sort of dwindled off in terms of a term, but you know, it was one that five years ago was kind of a thing. And this sort of sits in a new and different space, right? I mean, you you still have that control, as you said, you know, control plane layer and the ability to go and manage and do things without all of sort of the hindrances, as we've already been talking about, of you know, the, the wrench turning types of things. It really opens up a, a new way of, of being flexible and almost, I don't know, I guess I'd ask the question, are we, are we accelerating hybrid cloud adoption initiatives that, that are leading to, to like operational efficiencies or is this just a new paradigm in its own right that, that you think is, is being unlocked? 
Yeah. Well, first of all, a hybrid by nature, right? I mean, yeah. this is sitting at that edge, right? This, right. Yeah. I think that the world is recognizing that, you know, the cloud's great for a lot of things, you know, on-premises control is, you know, great for a lot of things, but it leads the tech debt and it leaves a legacy of on-premises application and refactoring. And so what the bare metal platforms and Equinox metal storage powered by pure here is providing and the overall Equinox metal platform is that ability to handle what I call the past, present, and future problems that any IT professional is dealing with. So, you know, that ability to manage your, your current legacy environment, your legacy platforms on bare metal hardware. So those legacy databases that don't translate into cloud native services, um, you know, those, that traditional three-tier architecture where there's been custom application work yeah. that can all port directly to this. So handling that kind of past challenge that, oftentimes anchors people to their own, you know, anchors companies to their own data centers or to a colo provider. And they might even be in an Equinox and be able to just literally cross connect and make this available. But the present challenge is that data growth, that explosion of, you know, whether it's, you know, it's scaled out data warehouses or, you know, unstructured data as it scales out, um, you know, you know, streaming analytics and, you know, all of the, the, that scale of data um, and trying to drive towards like AI and machine learning, like that's that present challenge that most companies are being challenged with. How do I handle this growth? And, you know, do I deal with massive cloud cost overruns, you know, just to get things up and running and, you know, deal with that later? Well, we see a lot of companies recognizing that, you know, the cloud is not a great place to permanently store this scale out present challenge of, of mm -hmm. high volume data. But, you know, there is then kind of the future challenges of companies that are either cloud first or cloud only. And, you know, that cloud native, you know, next generation application design where everything's going to be built, you know, or is built on Kubernetes and containers and serverless environments and cloud native services driving a lot of that. You know, this, this platform really interconnected, you know, unified across that past, present and future challenges provides companies that bridge, that bridge that it's, you know, the cloud is not an or decision. It's an and decision. You yeah. know, I have, uh, I have a presence in one of the major public clouds and maybe I've got presence in a data center that I've got a bridge between the two. This is that perfect bridging environment, but maintaining really the biggest challenges that the public clouds, you know, you know provide, which is that challenges of high security, you know, global interconnectivity, you know, reducing things like egress costs, um, and then the automation, um, you know, everything in this environment is, is automated already or automatable by extension. Um, and so, you know, leveraging, you know, platforms like, you know, Terraform or Ansible or, you know, those type of, you know, those type of automation controls, you know, all that's built in. Um, you know, I've watched as Pure has uh, really introduced Pure as a service as being a complete game changer in how companies look at the value of their data and oftentimes they plow a lot of that back into the automation layer. Well, the beauty of what we're doing here with Equinox and the whole bare metal as a service space is all that automation's baked in. So we can radically move companies up the, up the curve and solve the final problem, which is the know-how to get there. Yeah. This is, these are platforms that most IT organizations already have the ability to understand what it's like to operate on a physical server or operate on a physical storage platform like Pure. And, and then, then it allows the DevOps folks that are you know, completely coding in, uh, you know, in their Kubernetes environments to take advantage of 
all of the existing services, but you know, reducing latency by having you know directly attached or you know very you know, very low latency data storage on the back end. And so we're actually seeing um, huge results in uh, in some of the cloud native services. So that really that unified platform uh, that's already automated and bringing all of the challenges of a company together is really the big part of what we're so excited about with this announcement. Yeah, past, present, and future. I feel like we're uh, we, we're Marty and Doc sitting in the DeLorean time machine, helping people deal with the technical debt from the 1950s and then modern stuff, and and heading out to the heading out to the future to try to keep Biff from taking over the world. There's another. There you go, folks. There's another one of my really hot, fresh 1980s references. You can tell when I was born. Um, that was, was we're playing to the millennial crowd here, aren't we, Rob? Yeah, I know we are. I know there's some of us that are still out there that will get that one, but uh, that was what was going through my mind. I'm like, past, present, and future. We're we're in the time machine here, just going from from all locations. But it really does sum up the the different challenges across. You know, depending on how how long you've been around, or or you mentioned cloud native and and modern applications. I guess the one thing that comes to mind for me would be to maybe comment on, on Portworks, right? Since we have that acquisition, um, that's a, a fantastic add into the technology stack here at Pure and the integration has been going swimmingly. Um, how's that gonna be a part of this offering? Cause I know that that can be taken advantage of. Yeah, no, super great question. So first of all, I'll say that Pure's entire portfolio of platform is available in the Equinix Metal Storage mm -hmm. um, environment. And so. You know, whether it's a high performance storage tier, typically backed by our Flash Array X model, uh, you know, whether that's an ultra performance level or a premium or, a, or, or just, just a high performance. Uh, we also have the, the Flash Array C backing our capacity environments. Um, and then of course, you know, with, with uh, the Flash Blade environments to have fast file and object, um, you know, that's available. But Clearly, Portworks ties the whole picture yeah. together. Yeah, for sure. Um, having that environment, and so Portworks offered through this platform. Um, you know, we've we've already uh, you know gone off and done a lot of uh, you know development and and, uh, and benchmarking on this, where we're seeing um, you know, native Google Anthos environments that can run on you know, on Anthos Bare Metal, running with Portworks as the administration layer behind that. So you know, allowing for Kubernetes at scale to be managed in ways that native Kubernetes is just not capable of doing. But so, you know, improving the manageability of, you know, that future state and where companies are going with, you know, with their greenfield net new development environments, having Portworks as that ability, as built into this, uh, this, this metal environment allows for that full cloud experience to happen in, in this on-demand environment with, with Equinix Metal. Um, and what we're seeing in terms of results and improvement, you know, three times improvement and three X improvement over uh, throughput and two, two and a half X improvement in latency. So, you know, those equate to real dollars. That is less, you know, you know compute capacity yep. you need to add. Um, and so we're seeing some phenomenal results of putting Portworks into this overall platform. Um, you know, we, we have seen, um, again, some great, great capabilities, but Pure's overall, you know, modern data experience that every type of service you want, whether it's block, file, object, container storage management, that's all in this same environment. And, you know, again, a big part of why this is so exciting. Yeah, great addition to make sure everybody knows that it's taking advantage of the full scope and range of, of pure technologies, but also kind of really cool, you know, 
in the end there just to get some of the metrics that go back to what we do really well, right? Which is, you know, fast response times and, you know, sub millisecond latency and probably things that eight years ago you were really attracted to when you were running, <laughs> running SaaS services. So it's nice to see those still are hallmarks and tenets of, uh, of what we do really, really well. Super exciting news. I guess I'll get to the really important part, which is the uh, where the rubber meets the road, which is how does the engagement model work for this? Is this a work through Pure, work through Equinix kind of thing? I mean, the services are all out there. The partnership is, is strong and established. Uh, how do people go and explore this further? Yeah, well, so I'd first point people to, um, you know, a, a URL, you know, www.purestorage.com slash bare metal. Um, you can go learn a little bit more about it there. You can directly get engaged with Pure to help drive the engagement. Uh, but this is an offering through our partners. I mean, this is, uh, you know, something that Equinix is providing uh, you know, to the end customer so um, Pure has, uh, has a joint sales relationship with Equinex and their, uh, their global sales team. Uh, so the ability for uh, customers to, cons- to buy this, consume this uh, through the Equinex, um, the, the Equinex uh, you know, sales organization, um, they can go straight to uh, metal.equinex.com um, and learn more and ultimately sign up for uh, new capacity uh, there. Um, and so there's, uh, you know, we make it very simple. It's a digital yeah. experience at the end of the day, that ability to, uh, you know, connect and engage digitally or work directly uh, with the sales organizations. How fired up are the Equinix folks about having this now in their portfolio? Well, you know, what I'd tell you is I think the Equinix folks are starting to recognize the value of what they've had for a long time is that yeah. data center footprint, that, glo- that global availability, you know, has been there for a long time, but they've seen other vendors come in and you know, layer their services on top of those co-location services. With Equinix now offering full digital infrastructure, their sellers are, are I think, very, very excited because they start to realize they can deliver a better outcome for customers. They're not just providing a place where servers go to sit for years and, you know, when, when they come up for refresh, maybe they'll add additional floor space. This is actually about solving real business problems and bringing outcomes to businesses. So, uh, you know, Equinix and the Equinix sales organization, um, you know, they're very excited about the partnership. They're driving um, a lot of interest. Um, we're seeing it from our side is, you know, Pure is now, uh, you know, has the ability to offer greater than just the storage and data management platform, yeah. that, you know, that ability to have, the, you know, the compute and internetworking capabilities. And so, yeah, it's a, it's a great partnership. Um, you know, we are, we are super excited. The Equinix team is very excited. Um, the metal business unit um, is really the ones driving the, um, you know, the, the development of a lot of this. And uh, we're partnering with them to be that great storage as a service provider in the, you know, backing the platform. Love it. Well, um, thanks, Jack, for coming on to share the exciting, exciting news. And for everybody listening, definitely go check that out at purestorage.com slash bare metal to get uh, more details. And of course, uh, you know, there's, there's some other announcement news and, other tidbits that will be coming out around this, but uh, if this is something that's of interest to you, we would love to engage and uh, reach out to us or reach out to your Equinix folks and talk to them further. Anything final, Jack, that you want to you want to plug or put in? Well, Rob, I've I've been here now for a little over what, three and a half years. Um, it's not going to be three and a half years before I'm back on your show. So no, we're going to do it much. Yeah. We're, we're contemporaries too. Cause you came in December, 2017. And I think I was about a month prior and I 
I, I remember meeting you really early around that time. So let's uh, let's let's see how this does and, and get the news going. But then let's come have you come back and and uh, we'll we'll talk a little bit more more strategically about other things you're seeing in the future. We'll see if you can give Rosemary and Rosemary a run for his money on his 2021 predictions and throw yours in there. We'll see who does better. Yeah, we'd love to do that. We'd love to be back. Thanks for the opportunity to share the news here, Rob, and love your show. I am very much an avid listener. Thank you for that. And uh, I will keep them coming out, as I always say at the end of the episode. And thank you out there for listening to The Pure Report. Please keep sending in your feedback, your comments, and your topic requests. And we'll keep great guests like Jack on the show. And with that, we will wrap for Pure Storage and Jack Hogan. This is Rob Ludeman saying, don't look back. Something might be gaining on you.